0: the Kentucky side. From Link NKY, I'm Michael Monks. Do you ever find yourself walking alone on a Covington Street and thinking quietly to yourself, you're not really alone? You might be right if you believe in ghosts. This 200-year-old city has around 40,000 residents, at least counted by the U.S. Census. But are there some old residents, very old residents, dead residents still among us?
1: There's a local historian, who believes that he's figured it out. So he thinks it was the wife of the first owner, whose name was Adeliza Southgate. She of the Southgate Southgates. And she she had 11 children and one more on the way when her husband died. And she outlived 10 of her children. Her surviving daughter got married. They were all living there together. And the husband, the son-in-law evicted Adeliza, so. We believe that she's come back to her beloved home after death.
0: The Spooky Secrets Walking Tour takes visitors around downtown Covington to learn about what might be lurking in historic mansions, in the shadows, and right behind you. That's next on the Kentucky Side. The holiday season is rapidly approaching, so what are you shopping for? The perfect gift is a whole bunch of northern Kentucky news, and we've got you covered. Link NKY is launching a weekly print newspaper directly mailed to your home. So get yourself a subscription, and in the spirit of Christmas, give the gift of local news to the people you love. The Link Reader hits local mailboxes every week starting November 18th. It's just $25 for the first year. Find out more at LinkNKY.com and click on subscribe. This is the Kentucky side from Lincoln KY. I'm Michael Monks. Our producer is Cam Miller. When you're in a city as old as Covington, even if you're a big skeptic, your mind likely wanders sometimes. Is this place haunted? The antebellum mansions on the riverfront, the towering old churches, the quiet sidewalk at sunset. Jill Morenz has pieced together the Spooky Secrets walking tour, which leads folks around the downtown area to explore the city's relationship with its otherworldly connections. You can find out more at nkyarttours.com or search online for Spooky Secrets Tour Covington. Cam and I took the tour recently, and we share some highlights in this episode of The Kentucky Side. Some of the stories are a bit of a reach, and others are sure to send a tingle up your spine. Outside the Mother of God Church, there are a pair of lion statues. They arrived in Covington from Europe, and they're said to have been filled with pagan spirits who act in the name of good. Their names are Daniel and Ignatius. Jill Morenz explains their protection.
1: There was a mugging, attempted mugging where the well, attempt, you know the potential victim and the mugger heard a really deep growl from the shadows that scared the mugger off. And then there were a couple reports of homeless people falling asleep in the winter outside and being kept warm by the warmth of a giant cat curled around them.
0: Across the street from the church is a parking lot where the mother of God's primary school once stood before being closed and demolished following low enrollment. Jill says ghost children have been reported near there. They're mostly quiet, but sometimes people see kids dressed in anachronistic clothing and they even occasionally tap on a car window. And a couple of blocks to the west where the railroad bridge separates the Mutter Goddess and Mainstrasse Village neighborhoods, a cemetery was once there, when the land was flat. And when Highland Cemetery in Fort Mitchell opened later in the 19th century, those bodies were removed from Covington. Well, most of them.
1: So it was pretty much chaos. They actually attracted this huge crowd of onlookers because nobody knew who was buried where because they couldn't read the gravestones and the coffins had rotted away, so they were just digging up blackened bones and like putting them in these little boxes and, you know, assuming that they had everybody. And then when construction on the railroad overpass started, there was so many bones that were being dug up. And even still apparently every time there's some construction over there, there's more.
0: And let's go to Sanford Street now in the city's licking riverside district. On the six hundred block of Sanford, and remember that name for another story later, there's a sprawling multifamily home. It's known as the Rugby. It was built as the Orr Academy, a school for girls back in the early 1800s. In 1853, it was purchased by Henry Bruce. He's a wealthy guy, later a hotel owner, and a financier of Confederate causes during the American Civil War when this area was a Union stronghold. In 1863, Northern officials were after him for his financial assistance to the escape of Confederate General John Hunt Morgan from the Ohio State Penitentiary in Columbus. So turns out that Henry Bruce fled on horseback and he made it all the way to Canada. He later set himself up in New York City, but some believe he may be back in Covington.
1: In the 70s, a a family came and was renovating it for to live there and they were sleeping. It was pretty rough still. So they were sleeping kind of rough on the floor and they had a nanny who was in another room and in the middle of the night she came running and screaming saying a man in a black suit on a horse just rode through her room and out the window and they're like yeah yeah go back to bed honey (laughs) so then a couple of months later they were going through some stuff that was left in the house in the attic and they found a painting of henry bruce who was wearing a black suit and seated on a horse
0: while he was still of this earthly world and in covington bruce was also one of the founders Of the Covington and Cincinnati Bridge Company, which contracted with engineer John Roebling to construct what we now know as the Roebling Suspension Bridge between the two cities. And the bridge is also not without its alleged hauntings.
1: The ghost story about the bridge is so you may have heard that ghosts cannot cross running water, so they usually need a bridge. And so, shortly after the bridge, well, before the bridge was here, there were all the Civil War soldiers that died over here that were stranded here if they weren't from here. So they're, they're, Ghosts were stranded here. So shortly after the bridge was completed, observers say that they saw a whole line of Civil War soldier ghosts trying to cross the bridge. But there's something about the bridge. It's actually called the Ghost-Eating Bridge. They didn't even make it halfway before they kind of tattered and blew away.
0: The Roebling Bridge might never have been built were it not for one of Covington's most well-known and wealthiest businessmen of the era. When you look at a mural depicting this bridge painted on the flood wall in Covington, You see the bridge, you see an image of John Roebling, of course, and you see another man, Amos Schinkel. He was president of the bridge company and is credited as the driving force of making the bridge project happen. He and his wife, Sarah, lived in a large house that still stands on Garrett Street. As his wealth increased, Amos Schinkel wanted a bigger house, so he built a 37-room mansion on 2nd Street. His wife, Sarah, apparently hated it. So she apparently moved back to Garrett Street after she died.
1: She has in death returned to her house, her beloved house. Uh, so in the 70s and 80s, this was a B&B. And the owner of the B&B, who was, I think, mayor at Army one Mormon. point, yep. He uh, was making up what was the master bedroom for a guest. And he had smoothed out the bed, made the bed. He stepped out in the hallway for a minute and stepped back in. And there was the a butt impression on the bed like somebody had sat there. He he was theorizing it was Sarah because there wasn't anybody else there. Okay. Yeah, that's the, that's the, the Sarah sighting. Just a butt impression? <laughs> a butt impression. That's we get out of this? It's-
0: the old Schinkle home on Garrett Street operated as a bed and breakfast for many years. It's now a private home, but it's got more than one eerie story, including some rumblings of spirits in its carriage house out back.
1: One year they had uh, a group of paranormal researchers or paranormal fans or something, here at a convention and they stayed here and in the morning they went over to the big house for breakfast and the owner said how was your night and they were all like you know it just didn't feel right i felt really depressed and 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 sort of hopeless and you know really dark thoughts and uh, it turns out that amos shinkle was a big union supporter and he allowed this to be used for escaping slaves to stay here
0: the bigger home the shingles built on Second Street was eventually handed over to the Salvation Army, and later, the Booth Hospital was constructed there. That's now a condo community, and residents and police alike have reported spooky sightings and experiences at Booth for decades. One resident told Jill Morenz in recent years about waking up to a 1930s-era nurse, hovering over his bed, and telling him to go back to sleep. Everything is okay. In the basement, where the morgue was, and now where the pool is, dogs are reportedly scared to leave the elevator. And then there's this tale from the 1970s, when the hospital was closed and redevelopment into condos was set to begin. There was often security on site, and police were frequently called due to voices and footsteps. But one time, it got really weird when the police showed up.
1: So he gets here, and the, the security guard is outside in his car, and he refuses to go back in by himself. So the officer was like come on let's go in together we'll figure this out so as soon as they walk in they hear the footsteps and the uh, voices and he said okay gosh darn it we're going to figure this out we're going to search it from top to bottom so they get in the elevator they go up to the fifth floor which at the time was the top floor they get out and if the whole space is empty all the lights are on there's one thing on the wall which is a clock that shows the accurate time two fifteen in the morning and there's an old lady in a bathrobe standing looking up at the clock and they're like ma'am can we help you are you okay and she turns around and she bursts out laughing. She goes up to the police officer and pokes him in the stomach, in the chest and then, like, runs out this side door. So he runs to this door and opens it up and he almost falls to his death because the stairway has been entirely demolished. So it's five stories down. So he's like, oh, my God, she probably fell down. She's probably lying dead at the bottom. So they get back in the elevator. They go down. They're looking all around for her. They don't find her. They call in dog. They bring in a dog. They, they don't find her. So they're kind of all standing around going, what the heck? That was weird. And the officer said, you know, we never checked in the morgue. Ha, 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 she couldn't be in there. So they go into the morgue, again, nothing there, except for a deep freeze, which they open. And in it is the dead body, frozen body of an old lady in a bathrobe. So they call the coroner and they're like, I think you forgot somebody. And so he comes out and he goes, okay, she wasn't here before. The power to this building was cut two weeks ago. So how did you take the elevator up? How were all the lights on? And how is that still frozen?
0: A block east of the Booth Hospital, where the licking and Ohio rivers meet, Covington's oldest home, known as the Carneal House, sits. The sprawling mansion is named for Thomas Carneal, one of the city's founders. But he never apparently owned this house. It's around 200 years old now. It's still a private home. And one resident has been there, apparently, for quite a while. Her name is simply the Gray Lady. She mostly appears in shadows, slams doors, or creates a cold draft on stairways. But before her ghostly figure emerged, who she was on Earth is up for debate.
1: There's a local historian who believes that he's figured it out. So he thinks it was the wife of the first owner, whose name was Analyza Southgate. She of the Southgate Southgates. And (laughs) she, she... Had 11 children and one more on the way when her husband died. And she outlived 10 of her children. Her surviving daughter got married. They were all living there together. And the husband, the son-in-law, evicted Adeliza. So we believe that she's come back to her beloved home after death.
0: Elsewhere on the tour, we learn about creepy experiences near the Beringer Crawford Museum at DeVue Park and a lovely and haunting tale of riverboat captain Mary Becker Green. There's a statue of Green at George Rogers Clark Park along the Ohio River. She was the first woman steamboat captain on the Ohio, and apparently after she died, she still made an occasional phone call. From our old room on board, you can take the tour for those full stories. And you'll also learn about the tragedies that plague the namesake of the Baker Hunt Cultural Arts Center. That's a historic property on Greenup Street. Part of its name is no longer used. You see, it used to be a foundation to support culture, arts, and paranormal research. And that's because Margarita Baker Hunt lost her daughter, her husband, and her parents in rapid succession and often turned to seances there to communicate with her daughter at the site.
1: She was very uh, into seances. She had seances all the time up in the second floor in Katie's bedroom to try to contact her. And one of the mediums that she used all the time was Laura Pruden, who was famous in the, at the time. In fact, Harry Houdini was planning on trying to debunk her, but never got around to it I'm not sure what happened with that but Laura was really famous for slate writing which you know they have a little blackboard a piece of chalk they put it on the table then everybody holds hands and the lights go out and there's a little scratch 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 and then the lights go on and there's writing on the on the slate so her son Laura's son invented another tool to get contact alleged contact with the with the other world and it is what's now the magic eight ball
0: And now we'll finish on Madison Avenue at the corner of 6th Street. It was here in 1895 that Covington attorney William Goble shot and killed banker John Sanford. Now, you remember Sanford Street from the Henry Bruce House story? We're not really sure if there's a connection to John Sanford and Sanford Street, but the name is the same. Long story short. Goebel fought against some tolls. It cost Sanford money, and the guys just didn't like each other. So Goebel referred to Sanford as, quote, gonorrhea John in a local newspaper. And, well, Sanford had a problem with that. So one day downtown, Goebel and Sanford spotted each other. And the story goes, Sanford confronted Goebel and said, quote, I understand you assume authorship of that article. To which Goebel replied, I do. Now, this being 1895 Kentucky, shots soon rang out. Goble was fine. Sanford was dead. But is he gone? It was long believed that Sanford haunted this corner of 6th Street and Madison Avenue for years and years. But it gets weirder. Now, some believe that something darker has taken over. A phantom, which is usually active in that area around sunset.
1: It makes people... Um, feel hopeless and despair sometimes so badly that they d- they're doubled over with it. And it mostly happens to people who are worried about money, which, again, interesting corner here. And then I always say, like, if you see a panhandler here, go ahead and give them some money and save him from the, from the phantom.
0: Now, of course, after killing Sanford and creating an apparent phantom that's still with us, Goebel was elected to the state Senate and then governor an office to which he was sworn in on his deathbed after being struck down by an assassin. On this tour, there were no sightings of our fallen governor from Covington, but there hasn't been a governor elected from Northern Kentucky since. Ah, don't you miss those quiet mornings with the snow falling outside, a hot cup of coffee on your table, and the local newspaper in your hands? Well, Get ready to relax the old-fashioned way. Link NKY is bringing the print newspaper back to Northern Kentucky. Every week, the Link Reader is sent directly to your mailbox. It's full of all the most important Northern Kentucky news, events, features, sports, and the town crier. And best of all, it's cheap. Kick back and chill this winter with your coffee, the snow, and the Link Reader for just 50 cents an issue or $25 a year. Find out more at LinkNKY.com and click on subscribe. Find out more about the Spooky Secrets Walking Tour at NKYArtTours.com or search online for Spooky Secrets Tour Covington. You've been listening to The Kentucky Side from Link Nky. I'm Michael Monks. Our producer is Cam Miller. Happy Halloween. We'll catch you next time on The Kentucky Side.